You are now listening to the Friends of Friends podcast. Like, oh, maybe there's like some validity to this DM. So I hit him back and he immediately hits me back with his phone number. He's like, call me. I was like, no, again, like, this, again, this is no not way. Real. <laughs> no way this is true. Hello and welcome back to the Friends of Friends podcast. Today we're joined by an all-around thinker who finds passion in analyzing the process of making things feel human. He was a creative strategist. He is now an account manager currently working at a digital agency in New York. Throughout 2020, he has flexed his streetwear style and also bossed up his photography skills with the creation of a photo book called Moving Parts. If you didn't get a copy, you missed out. Without further introduction, here's Teddy Poppy. Ooh, damn, that was a, that was a generous introduction. But yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It's good to be on. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. So of course. now if you want to just give like a, a brief introduction about yourself, just let them know what you're about. My name's Teddy. I uh, work and live in New York City, but I'm from Portland, Oregon. So have to rep the city. Been living out here for like two years after I graduated from University of Oregon. Working in advertising, worked in experiential advertising for about a year. And then funny enough, COVID was like no more, no more spaces with 10 or plus people. So like the entire industry kind of booted it. So moved out of the industry and I'm now in digital working for 1800 Tequila, um, among other things, doing some cool things in that space. And then just outside of work, dropped a photography book in December, bunch of work from Paris, about a year old. But yeah, that's, that's, that's me. All right. So first question we have for you is what gave you the idea or inspired you to create a photo book? So I went to Paris in February of 2020, mm-hmm. like almost a year ago now with my girlfriend. We went over there for, for Valentine's Day. We were there for like a week. It was like right when COVID was like around. So mm-hmm. like it was, it was out and about. It wasn't really like shutting anything down yet. Mm-hmm. It was like normal life. It was like one of the last weeks of normal life before like people had to wear masks, before like restaurants were closed, retail was closed, like all that shit. Mm-hmm. Mad lucky. We, yeah, we were there for a week and I was like, cool, I'm gonna take a bunch of film, took 10 rolls, came back with 400 photos, got them all developed and was looking through them. And I was like, I expected like some things to be fire, mm-hmm. but there was just like way more than I expected. And I was like, cool, let me, let me do something with this. COVID happened like two weeks later. My job was like, yeah, go work from home. And then they put us on like two week leave. So we were just like sitting at home doing nothing. And I was like, took cool, in the house, bored, bored in the yeah. house. And I'm in the house, in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I was like, it's TikTok or it's like all these photos. So I went to the computer and I was like, let me make a poster out of these because it's kind of fire. And then in just like the, the process kept building out like the file and was like, oh, let me make a book out of this. Mm-hmm. So then it was like a six month process to like actually build the book and cycle through like 400 photos, take it down to like a hundred. And then I went through like an editing process with my homie who helped me a lot and got it to a place where I was like, oh, okay, like I can actually like print this. Mm-hmm. And before I just like was thinking of doing it for myself. And then I was like, why don't I surprise people with this? Printed 50 of them, put together a website. Sold out, can't even get my hands on, on, a, on a copy, man. It's just, well, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I only printed 50 and I was like, that, that in my head was like a generous number. I was like, I don't even know if I can get that many. Like, this right. is like my first introduction to photography to people. Like some people don't even know how to do this. Mm-hmm. So let me drop this 50 is a safe bet. It sold out in 48 hours. So I was like, cool. That was a crazy response. And then I was like, now I gotta, now I gotta keep going. So that was like the whole process from like front to back. 
and kind of in like a holding period, I want to do like a round two because there were so many people who didn't get their hands on it that I was like, damn, I, I like feel bad almost that I, that I sold out, you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. But it was crazy. So that was, yeah, that was like the full inspiration, like front to back. Have you started cooking up any ideas for volume two? So actually like half of those photos were actually in black and white and I only, mm -hmm. I only printed the color edition. So I was like, why don't I just build an entire black and white version of it? That would be dope. So, yeah, so a lot of that shit is actually some of my favorite work. So I'm in the pro like half of it was already built out because I was, I was building them in tandem and then I just moved over to the color one to focus on that. Mm -hmm. um, and I've just been building out the black and white one since I guess printed and sold. So I would expect that in the next couple months, barring yeah. another COVID shutdown and, and all that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got yeah. 400 photos, huge archive. Yeah, exactly. So some of that shit didn't even get used. Exactly. So, if anything, I could just make four books of 100 pages and keep selling them. <laughs> you might as well. Quick side hustle. Exactly. We're going to transition with this, this second question a little bit, but what's been your hardest pitch to a client so far working within an agency in New York? The first one I did, actually. So, when I, I moved to New York like a week after I graduated 2019, I was working what I was saying, experiential agency. So like all that shit was new to me. Like they don't really teach it in school. There's a whole bunch of like built out activations by brands. Mm. And we had a client come in Sennheiser. It was like a headphone company They're from Germany. They don't really have like major brand awareness in, in America. Everyone wears AirPods, like <laughs> the Apple writer does. <laughs> so they're like audiophiles, like people who love music. And they're like, how do we connect people at South by Southwest? But I was an intern. And for whatever fucking reason, our, our strategy team was like, yo, let's give Teddy the brief. <laughs> I've been here for like two months. I don't know shit about German audio engineering. I was like, cool, let me do some research. Put it together in like two weeks. Um, we were like a smaller team, so it wasn't like there was that many people available to do it. So they were just like, give it to someone who's available. And we're like, a, I was just a body at the time. Mm. <laughs> Pitched like our creative team. And then our creative team basically like won the pitch. I, like the idea that we pitched was like one of the ideas that I presented to our original creative team in the briefing. It was like kind of cool to like see it come to life. So that was dope, but it was for South by Southwest and South by Southwest was literally like the first event that got pulled because of COVID. So like, every, I feel like everything in my like working professional experience has just like consequently Fallen been, yeah. yeah, like just like been a result of COVID. So like that COVID. didn't actually happen. We were in like a six month production process of like getting that planned and then I came back from Paris. COVID was like, fuck everything. <laughs> not today. Yeah, yeah, not today. Nope. Yeah, yeah. COVID top by top shut down. So then we we called it. But that was the that was like the toughest presentation, I guess, because there was also like a language barrier. They were like German. I don't know shit about the product. I don't know shit about their audience. I don't know shit about South by Southwest. I don't know shit about mm -hmm. Austin. There's like so many yeah, variables. You gotta go balls in. Yeah, exactly. And I was fresh out of school. This agency's like, yeah, you do it. And I'm like, why? <laughs> First of all, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like questioning my leadership i'm like yo what's going on here and then it, right, then it this is out, your so. company i was like this is your job <laughs> okay so where do you find confidence when delivering a, a pitch to a high-end client i mean i don't know confidence i feel like in any situation is just like from yourself at a certain point like i used to just hate public speaking i still do but like at eventually eventually like everyone's doing it i feel like everyone's in the same boat no one likes public speaking so it was just a matter of like forcing myself to do it to a point where like I kind of felt comfortable with myself. So like the way I'm presenting to you, to like a client is like the same same way. Like I'm not like changing who I'm talking to or the way I'm talking to them. 
So that was like the first real instant, especially like in that, that pitch with Sennheiser where I was like totally in over my head. Like everyone else in the room was like 20 years older than me. I was 18 or 19. No, I was 22. Fuck. I thought I was out of high school. (laughs) Yeah, I was 22. (laughs) Like, hold on. Um, No, I was 22. So like I'm youngest in the room intern at this point. It's like, fuck it. Like I'm, I've already gotten this far. Like, why don't I just like keep pushing and like see what I can do in the room. Mm -hmm. And like, if you turn heads, like you turn heads, but if you, if you fail, like we're young, so like it's cool, like you can get yeah, away with learn. it. But at the same yeah, you time, can, you can like, dust it you're off. gonna learn from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what's definitely helped me the most is just like learning from knowing you have room to grow. Um, would you say it's important to map your advertising career out, or would you say it's it's better to kind of let opportunities fall into place? I feel like I've already even like kind of answered that. Like COVID will shut anything down, but your career, <laughs> yeah. your career can be my career, anyone's career can be whatever you want to make of it. Like I didn't expect to be pitching two weeks into my internship before I even had like a full-time job. Opportunities will just like present themselves to you and you got to kind of be ready for them regardless of where you feel like you're at. Someone's going to put something on your plate and expect it from you um, mm-hmm. because they trust you. Mm-hmm. So kind of just beating your own expectations in a certain way. I mean, you can kind of map it out to a certain extent, but eventually like shit's just going to fall on your plate that you didn't expect. And then it, yeah, it'll take you a totally different direction. Coming. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So like it's just it's just like being an open door really to, to any of the possibilities. Manifesting because even now, like the job I'm at now, I would have had no idea like a year ago. This the creative director for their team, I was like unemployed for like a month in the summer mm-hmm. after because like COVID shut down, we lost our jobs, like all that shit. Our creative director now reached out to me on LinkedIn and I was like, This is a joke. Like creative directors like don't just like reach out to people on LinkedIn. <laughs> especially like a year out of college. Like I'm a junior, like I'm not like someone to know really. Mm. At least I thought, and then like, he, yeah, I was like, you don't, what? No, you've never heard of Teddy Pavic. Like I had like Portland, Oregon, whatever. So he DMs me on LinkedIn. I let it go for like an entire week. Cause I'm like, this isn't real. I see the job listing on LinkedIn. I'm like, Oh, maybe there's like some validity to this DM. So I hit him back and he immediately hits me back with his phone number. He's like, call me. I was like, no, again, like, again, this is no way. (laughs) No way, this is true. So I just texted him. We're going back and forth like a little bit, and then calls me on Fourth of July and just like runs me through the job. And I was like, oh, this is like kind of dope. Sounds real. Like, let me let me talk to some more people, and then it kind of worked out. But yeah, it was just like, I guess, keep an open mind to to things that you don't expect. So, where do you see yourself five years from now, or what what would you say your five year plan is? Is it working with a particular company or brand or living in a different city out of advertising <laughs> like <laughs> completely um i want to i want to own the apartment building i live in i want to live in paris i want to like there's so many things i want to do in the next five years that they're just like <laughs> yeah. so out of where i'm at now um my dad has worked in retail his whole life so i always have had like a an affinity for that and like there's so many brands in new york that i'm so drawn to mm. that are like lifestyle brands more than they just make clothes Aimé leon door like ald is like a perfect example of that like a company that like embodies like the neighborhood and the city that they, they come from mm. and the clothes are fire so it's like all the you know yeah. more the merrier mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's an example of like a career path i would like love to take yeah but i mean out of advertising i feel like you learn enough in the in the industry like pretty quickly just like business acumen like so much about, I don't know, building a brand, building yourself, building like the toolkit that kind of makes you a successful person or like a crafty person um, mm. that 
personally, I wouldn't want to be in it any longer. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I grew up speaking French at like a French immersion school. So like making use of that and going back to Paris, maybe moving to like LA because sometimes the winters in New York are so beat. <laughs> Just so cold. To try out the sun maybe might be nice. But yeah, that's a five-year plan, kind of like back to your last question. Like it's not super mapped out, but um, I guess in my case, I kind of like it that way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, leaving the possibilities open. Okay, you just touched on that the 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 winters in New York are kind of tough. But what was some of the biggest transitions from moving from Portland to New York? Yeah, there were so many, um, and it wasn't even. I feel like moving to New York is always kind of like a taboo thing. There's so mm. many. It gets talked about so much that like, oh, it's expensive. Oh, it's a culture shock. There's so many people. Like, blah 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 blah. It is expensive. It's fucking expensive as shit. But at the same time, like we're all kind of living like no one can afford New York. You know what I mean? Like it's expensive for everyone. So you kind of just make do with what, what you can. There's so many people in New York that like getting out of Portland, it was like kind of a blessing, right? Cause in Portland, like, you know, so many people cause it's a small, it's like a big city, small town. Yeah. A lot yeah, of people, exactly. but you know, everyone, New York, like every, every time you come out of the subway, like every neighborhood you step into is different. And there's mm-hmm. a million new places to go, a million new restaurants retail stores, whatever it is. And so when I moved here 10 days out of graduation, I was like mad overwhelmed. There's like a decent Oregon community out here already. So they kind of helped me get my footing, but I moved into a neighborhood that I didn't really know too many people. I moved in with dudes that were like five years older than me. They all went to like Dartmouth and were like Ivy leagues. And I was like, damn, I went to the university of Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) Let's chop it up. Um, School shout out. Yeah, exactly. But like, I mean, we had similarities. We both liked basketball. They liked to goof around. Like it was, it was good. Like you kind of, once you kind of get out here, you, you realize we're all kind of the same. We're all here for the same reasons, just to like pursue something different, pursue a better life, but like also enjoy the social life that, that New York offers. Yeah. So many people mm-hmm. and everyone's so young and every neighborhood is its own, is its own scene. I don't know, moving in with them was dope because it wasn't, it was just like a taste of something new. I feel like I've always kind of craved that in my life. I'd rather just like be be moving all the time as opposed to like stagnant. Miss my family, obviously. That was like a huge, I guess, transition. My sister was actually out here. My sister has lived here for like four years now. So two that was years probably big. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It made it so much easier. Bit. I was on her couch for like the first four days that I moved out here because I didn't have anywhere else to stay. <laughs> um, so I was just out of a suitcase on her couch and then I hadn't even seen her really because she was four years older than me. So when I graduated middle school, I guess she was graduating high school. So she was already like out of the house. Mm. So like we really didn't grow up together at all. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. such a like big age difference where like when I'm in high school, she's in college. So like our experiences growing up are completely different. So then once I got out of college and moved out here, it was actually nice because I left my family, but I kind of joined her as like a grown person. And we can kind of... Mm-hmm be friends in a way that's not just like being brother and sister is like her being yeah. my older sister. We have like common shared interests now. Adult things. Have, yeah, adult things. Like we, have, <laughs> adult things. Adult things, we can go enjoy a drink together where like I'm not like underage or something and like we're, we're having a good time. Like we have same, the same friends, like we'll go to the concerts together and shit. So that was really cool. It actually made the experience a lot easier. So yeah, that, I guess that was one of the biggest transitions was like leaving family, but at the same time, gaining, gaining some family. If you could give someone advice in the position you were at during the start of your journey, what would it be? I'm so I'm I always have like approached life in a way that 
I believe things will always happen, no matter like the timing of them. So like if you're looking for a job or like you're looking to get into a school or you want to move or like whatever it is, just like kept it in my head that it was going to happen. So for so long, like I would I would apply to jobs when I was trying to graduate school, wouldn't get them or like would get an interview and then like wouldn't get the interview. And I was like, shit, like this sucks. But I was also in the depression, like because I've always had that mentality mm-hmm. that it's just like it's going to happen. Gonna be there. It's right. going to be there. Like it'll eventually happen. And then like once I got the job, I was like, cool, this is a foot in no matter what it was like you take you get to new york you kind of like figure your, your bearings out once you get there and then just make the most of it so that would be that would be the advice i would give is is just like keep pushing because like shit will happen especially if you want it to and like if you don't let it go then eventually it'll it'll you know it'll break like you'll work hard enough where someone will recognize it someone will put you in the, the right place the right in front of the right person just always being prepared though essentially exactly yeah exactly so what would you say is one of your biggest failures thus far? I don't know. I always wanted to do more, like doing better in school so that I can do better, you know, in job. Like there's just like little shit. Like mm-hmm. I don't like to hold on or like hold a grudge or regret anything too much, but more like academics where like I feel like better effort in certain fields could have got me farther in my professional career now. But I'm only like two years out. So like that shit will that shit could change in like yeah, you can learn a lot years. in the next couple of years. Exactly. You know, I've, I already feel like I've learned way more in two years in like a professional setting than like four years at school. So definitely. There that's that's definitely a common belief in most people's mind. I know. I feel like it's so, <laughs> I mean, if, if you're thinking about dropping out of school, <laughs> you I'm not telling you to do it. But. <laughs> it but. <laughs> I'm going to sip this tea. <laughs> So now we're going to transition to our fast questionnaire round that we have for you. And the first yes. question we have for you is what's the best campaign you've been a part of? Uh, 1800 Tequila, Chris Lino Ambassadors. We got Cali Uchis. We got Ryan Garcia, Jonathan Dos Santos, Gunner Stahl. That shit was fire. Fire. We name dropping. All right. Um, yeah. What's, <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the best copy you've ever written? Best copy? Yeah. Yo, it was that it was that ad team copy uh <laughs> Schnitz. Yo, the Schnitz, bro. That shit that shit was fire. Favorite y'all won, y'all won something, didn't you? Yeah, we won uh we won districts. So we won like the the Northwest. It was like I it was like Idaho, Utah, Washington schools. Well regional finished, championship. Like, yeah, like top ten US. Pretty fire. Damn. Hey, for wiener schnitzel, for a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. For a hot dog company. <laughs> okay, so favorite pair of shoes you own? Oh, I own the uh the Jordan One mids by uh by Blue the Great. I don't fuck mm-hmm. with mids too much, but those are fire. What do they look you know like? About? They're uh, multicolored, aren't they? Yeah, they're multicolored. Oh, with the like, love with the love on the bottom? Uh no. Is that a different one? No, there's different no, 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 no. They're like red, blue, green, and orange or yellow. It's like a tan color, but it's got like suede material. And I like swear a, they has love on it somewhere on the shoe. I might be it says blue. Out. crazy. It says what? It says blue on the on like the bottom left of the shoe. Oh, yeah, I can't read. But yeah, those are fire. <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> All right. Um, give us your top three food spots in New York. Blue Ribbon Sushi. Gas. Uh, Diane Kitchen. Gas. That's like a Chinese noodle spot. Um, okay. 
Carmenta's in Bushwick is a fire Italian spot. I'm gonna keep going. Birds of a Feather is fire Szechuan food in Williamsburg. So it's like okay. spicy, yeah. But it's like the tingly spice. It's fire. The best dollar slice in New York is Two Bros. The <laughs> McDonald's on 14th is pretty fire. You been to <laughs> any delis? Oh, um, so with a chopped yeah, cheese, bacon, egg, <laughs> bacon, egg, and cheese. So Sunny and Annie's in the East Village is on Sixth <laughs> and B. As they got like a hundred sandwiches, but they're all gas. That you got. They have, yeah, those are fire. They got like a curry chicken salad sandwich with bacon. And talk then, to me, talk to me. and then TK's, TK's Deli in Bushwick off Myrtle and Broadway has the best chopped cheese in New York. Chopped cheese, man. <laughs> I need to get to New York. All right, so favorite camera or favorite, mm. favorite style of film? Mm. The easiest to go to is Portrait 400. That should just be like the standard that everyone uses. Mm. Uh, the favorite camera that I own. The Nikon F2, which is like a classic that I've, I've had since I started. I sold a Contax TVS, which is actually what I shot all the shit from Paris on. And then favorite camera that I don't own is the, the Mamiya RC67. <laughs> Stack those chips. Just come out? <laughs> yeah. I got a team of them. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I have a lineup that I'm trying to, that I'm trying to fill right now. So, Yeah. What would you say your favorite NYC experience has been so far? Nick games aren't bad. I went to a Nick game before COVID happened. You got to slide to Brooklyn. No. <laughs> <laughs> not going over there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> these colors don't run, bro. I'm a Knicks fan. <laughs> you you got to adopt one of the teams. I, I said on the Knicks early. I went to a Yankees game. The Yankees games were fire. It was it was a rain delay for like four hours. And we were up in the That's bleachers good. and – yeah, just getting dumped on. <laughs> just they like they only sell Bud Lights that are mad tall, so we we're just getting trashed. <laughs> and like yeah. you can buy a bucket of chicken for twenty bucks. That's like half full. <laughs> just split of, it with just, the homies. Yeah, yeah, that's like the full of like the soggiest tater tots at the bottom, and then it's just like loaded with fried chicken at the top. So we were just doing that for like four hours before the game even kicked off, and then I think we got blown <laughs> out. <laughs> so it was like whatever. Yeah, but that shit was fun. I don't know, man. There's mad shit to do in New York. No, it sounds like Yankees was number one. Yeah. <laughs> the bucket. <laughs> okay, so favorite place you traveled to? Paris, easy. City has everything, and it's so walkable. You can do anything in that city. It's Everyone city speaks love, English. Bro. Yeah, it's a city of love. <laughs> Go on Valentine's Day. It's <laughs> change your life. <laughs> Taxi or subway? Subway, all day. I don't even think I've stepped in a – I mean, I've stepped in an Uber, but – yeah. but I ride for the subway. I ride for MTA. Hold on, I'm gonna switch up these questions. Uber or Lyft? Uber. <laughs> I'm like a gold member, I think. <laughs> <laughs> as long as work's expensing right. my my Uber trips, I'm Uber. <laughs> Team Uber. Right. Pizza or pasta? Pizza and a dollar slice. Okay, friends of friends podcast or any other podcast? You can't. You can't ask me that. It's friends of friends, of course. Come on, we're endorsed. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we're going to transition into our end segment. We just want to thank you for coming on to the Friends of Friends podcast. So now, if you want to plug anything or shout out anyone, the mic is all yours. I made it to the end. Um, I got to thank my my family, Devin and JJ, for having me on. 
<laughs> all those teachers who told me I could never make it. Uh, I'm a plug moving parts. Expect uh, a second printing sometime soon. And then the, uh, the black and white iteration shortly after that. So that's what I got coming up. But, uh, but boys, I appreciate you having me on. It's been a blast. Thank you. The honor is ours. Yep. Appreciate you, bro. Sir, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. You're out of here. Of course. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and share with your friends. And for further updates about the podcast and episodes, follow us on Instagram at friendsoffriends.pod. Thank you.